0: Hello and welcome to A Voice of Progression, an innovative, provocative, progressive, and informative, insightful, and radical weekly podcast. I am your host, David Cox. Join me each week as I dive deep into a range of topics from spirituality, religion, love, relationship, current affairs, and much, much more. Come, let's contemplate, discover, and rediscover, play, imagine, and reimagine our thoughts. Life is forever moving and changing. Let's be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Life is about movement, and when we are open to the infinite, a whole new you can and will emerge. A voice of progression. Like, share, and follow us on Facebook. Our page is listed as a voice of progression. You may also find us on the following platforms: Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pot- Pocket Podcasts, or Pocketcast, Radio Public, and Spotify. Today's podcast is entitled. We are all in this together. Trust the process. Whether you are one who relates to a religious organization but do not attend church, or if you are one who attend church every Sunday faithfully, we are all dealing with COVID-19, whether we like it or not. We are all in this together. Take this journey with me as we go down memory lane, as we will discuss statistics of the decline of the church attendance in membership um, back in the day and where the direction of where the church was going at, at that time was that really a signal and then we, um, we'll talk about the closing of the church and then how the church had to do some things change some transformation took place um, of the church and um, all of us basically have made some shifts and we can correlate this to this whole transition of the church um, and how their position and I did this podcast basically with this is because I believe that many of you of my listening audience have um, come to that same decision that church just not right for you and so you don't attend but you do still associate with uh, affiliation of a religion Um, but yet you don't call yourself religious but you you just call yourself uh, spiritual you're spiritual minded or perhaps you don't even quite understand where you are, but um, hopefully we'll be able to help you connect those dots through through this podcast. And so I wanted to bridge that gap between where I am and where many of the listeners are, are um, even those who are. In the church and now I have to make that shift by being home because these people as you know, you are the ones that Julie generally got up in the morning on Sunday mornings and some of you attended Sunday school and some of you um, some of you attended Sunday school and went directly into morning worship. And and you know now you know you dressed up in your used to dress up in your nice suits and dress up in your fancy dresses and you were able to get all made up and dolled up and wear your fancy dresses and high heel shoes and eyelashes and makeup and now you're not able to do that you're sitting at home unless you're part of just the core team that now goes and do a live broadcast to give you that feeling. As if you're still in church. This virus has changed the way we all do things, whether it is church, school, work, etc. Some of us was prepared, while others were not. Either way, are you willing to trust this process? Stay with me as we take this break, and when we will return, we will dive directly. Into today's podcast. As we look back at the data from nineteen ninety nine. We will notice that statistics show that for the past 20 years, they have been, that we have seen a 20% decline in church membership and attendance. The decline in church membership mostly reflects the fact that fewer Americans than in the past now have any religious affiliation. However, even those who do identify with a particular religion are less likely to belong to a church or other place of worship than in the past. So now we are in COVID-19 2020. The fight to keep the church house or the house of worship open during a pandemic remains a challenge for many Christian leaders and for Christians or any other religious group. Some want to, To believe science and stay home. Some want to believe wearing a mask is a joke. According to the New York Times, 650 coronavirus cases has been linked to nearly 40 churches and religious events across the United States since the beginning of the pandemic. I found that to be most um, fascinating. Um, And so... You know, you, you've got all this confusion that's going on, you know, church members some want to come and their religious leaders are saying that God is going to take care of us. And, you know, we went through all of these things where we saw the, all the stuff on YouTube and all the things on Facebook of pastors having church regardless of the fact and disobeying the law. And we saw where choir members were still having choir rehearsal and all the choir members ended up getting sick and nobody could sing in the choir. We've seen all of this stuff. We've seen so much people getting arrested for going to church because of the fact that they shouldn't have had church in these buildings and public settings. You know, people not wearing masks and they thought that there was a religious rights to do whatever they wished to do. We've gone through this period and yet we're still going through it today. And so Some are staying home and some are going to church, some are wearing masks, some are not wearing masks. And even with all of that, we ask the question, are you trusting the process? So then even after the church, let's say, was closed, for those who didn't reopen, many of the African-American churches, because it has been affecting our community, most of our religious leaders have decided to keep the church closed. And, you know, we are not going back to the building anymore. And there's this core group, you know, you might have the pastor and the organist and the drummer, and you might have, um, you know, a praise team to give the music and maybe one of the associate ministers will read a scripture and a prayer and then the pastor will give his his message and it gives you all this illusion as a live stream on YouTube and Facebook that you're a part of this community because they want to continue to stay in contact with the beloved community. However, it was very challenging during this period of time, because people were scrambling. There was a lot of lot of churches, believe it or not, prior to this happening, had an idea that if they went on Zoom or if they went on Facebook or YouTube and started a page or, you know, went live, they felt like people would stay home. I remember sitting in a meeting and suggesting that we do these very things. And the pastor replied that people would stay home and not come to church and not pay their tithes and offering. Let's face it, folks, the church is a business. And those funds, as they say, where the dollars at, they weren't coming if they, they he believed that if they were not coming in that building, they're not going to They're not going to pay. So now here we are. We are at home and uh, we have now got annotated with YouTubes and annotated with Facebook on Sunday mornings, which every church is now looking for ways to communicate and to keep the body of Christ, to keep the family together, to keep the beloved community together. However, it is now up to the parishioners, the church leaders, or, um, Anyone to be conscious of the fact that they need to tap into that source to to consciously either turn on that TV at the time of live streaming and turn on that podcast or turn. I mean, turn on that tablet or that phone, that iPhone or that that um, Android phone and tap into that time or either later watch it at a different time. But you consciously have to get to the point of logging in and tapping into that source. So we are now forced to do that versus us just getting up and getting dressed and getting in our car and driving to a building to hear something. So it's more responsibility that comes to us to get the food that we need. The nourishment. It was a change. It was a shift. So. Again, we have to be conscious and we have the intention of getting up and tuning in to those morning worship services. And we, you know, me and my mom, we've been doing it now for quite some time. We've um we could get up as early as seven something in the morning and start to here in, in Atlanta and end up in Chicago and go from Chicago to uh Dallas and Houston, Texas and somehow end up way out in California. But that was a great opportunity. So this even during this time as we as members are different people who are staying, this is a perfect time that we can tap into tap into different different teachings, different understandings. Um, sometimes we get bogged down with the same food and going to the same place all the time. And you know what? It's almost as if once we do discover that there's a change, it's really funny because that change is already, it was always there. It's just that you had to wake up and decide that, you know what? I'm going to try something different. And and so people now are awakening to something different as they scroll. They might hear one message which might be their church, but it might roll into something totally different. Whether it might be uh, from Christian to to um, 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 to um oh God to the to, to those who uh, to believe in Allah, uh, the Buddhists, or to to something else that might that you can relate that you can correlate to the loving presence of God in your life. I've never been one to believe that, the, that God could ever be just fit into one religion and that God is an, infant, an infinite power of intelligence and that it, it can never be confined to one place. It is infinite. The Spirit of God is infinite. And we have to bring our minds up to that level of consciousness, of understanding that there is a growth that we get. And then we take it to another level and then take it to another level. And sometimes we outgrow the places where we are. So. I'm going to talk to you just a little bit. About the reopening and how there was this pastor that was in Kansas, and he did a, a YouTube on the process of church reopening. And in this story, I'm gonna tell you, um, the pastor's name is Pastor Stephen McVeigh, and he's of the Lamont Wesleyan Church in Greenwood County in uh, Kansas. And uh, McVeigh advises advises pastors, um, how to? He advises pastors how to prepare for the potential reopening of the churches, and he described it as being a little prickly. Um, he, he says we have people who have been isolated, and when they are isolated, they have the tendency to just hear their own opinions, and the opinions about COVID nineteen vary greatly in our culture. Folks, we are dealing with all kinds of opinions, and they change daily. If you listen to the news, we're dealing with all kinds of opinions, all kinds of changes. We are now in this change, in this shift, in this period of time of voting. We're in this period of transition of powers. Possibly we're in this period of where um, this unknown period, this dark moment of which we don't know what's going to happen with the Justice Department, um, seating of someone else on the bench, how that's going to affect us, how, you know, how gay rights might be affected, how women's rights might be affected, um, how a lot of things of, you know, marriage equality, how that might be stricken. We're dealing with a lot of things and a lot of people are living in fear. An uncertain period of time in our lives. He says there's some emotions behind those different feelings. I May mean, they encourage his pastors to communicate with their congregation about how decisions about reopening would be handled prior to them being made. He advised them to survey their congregation so that they could get a handle on members views and share those results. In developing the process, they urged pastors to turn to the local health care officials rather than really solely on the guidance of state and national officials. He says, I want people to know my community to be making that decision. Mavey says, I want people to know my congregation to make that decision. So he wanted to bring community church and everyone together and allow it to come from the community and from his members of the decision so that they would all come collectively together under one understanding of how they were going to enter back into the church. This, of course, this YouTube went viral first day, I believe uh, after reading was like 2000 people or views had watched it and many people had benefited from this video. And one of the pastors that he said that. I hadn't considered the process, considered the process of reopening because I was so focused on the moment I was in. And, you know, I, I, I saw that in my head, this pastor, was just like, you know, he he was just so much and probably engaged in trying to do this uh, uh, part, you know, doing the, the the services live stream that he had not even really considered. How to even bring people back. He was so much, you know, sometimes we can be so much into our own problems or our own situations or where we are and our doom and gloom that we don't even see that there's an opportunity for change. Because we're caught up in our own stuff. He said, I hadn't considered the process of reopening because I was fo- so focused on the moment I was in. Some pastors went ahead and reopened without a plan. And of course, whenever you don't have a plan, it backlashes. And so these pastors had to go through this whole process of Reinventing the church, you know, the process and then reintroducing it and, of course, bringing scriptures in it and then making people feel good and comfortable. But the pastor um, McVeigh was saying that um, he said it helps to understand that in this in the current political climate, people often try to discredit the source of information, ideas or decisions that they disagree with. He says, focusing on the process provides an opportunity to avoid that trap. He says, if you can get people to agree on a process. It can help people with different viewpoints accept the same decision. I found that to be so powerful. He says, again, I repeat, if you can get people to agree on a process, it can help people with different viewpoints accept the same decision. So it brings us to this point of transformation. Here we are, my diverse group, my diverse group, my audience, my listeners. Um, some from Ireland, some from the United States, of course, and some from, I can't remember, some other country. We have listeners all over abroad, which is so fanatical. I'm just, I'm so excited about this. And some of you perhaps are those who have, had that foundation of religious background, but do not attend church. And perhaps you are one of the faithful church members who went to church every Sunday and it finding it hard and difficult to adjust to being home or watching church service at home. Maybe you are the atheist friend of mine who I love and and care so about so much and can re- relate to you from your non-belief, because you know the fear, the mere fact that you don't believe in God is a belief itself. So we can come together in agreement with with just that, or maybe just maybe you might be the weed man, the stripper, the alcoholic, the gay man, the tranny, the bisexual couple, or the straight passenger. Please understand, we all are in this together. You might just be one of those people who I gave a ride out of the 8,000 people who possibly could be listening right now to this podcast. Please understand that we are all in this together. And as people dealing with this virus, we we all are dealing with this virus and how it has affected our lives and changed our lives. And while we are all hunkered down and have the time to spend with self. I ask that you take some time to get to know you, to go within. Get to know you, the good, the bad and the ugly. Let go of those things that no longer serve your purpose. See yourself emerging from this time of lockdown. Imagine and reimagine how things could be with you in this period of time as you come out of this pandemic. What will emerge and grow from this experience? How will you see life different after you go through this moment? I challenge you to see it in a different view. I challenge you to not go against the shift. I ask you to trust the process of change. This reminds me of the story of the butterfly. I'm gonna take this short break and tell you this story about the butterfly and it will conclude today's broadcast and podcast. Are you trusting the process? In order to be able to become a butterfly, the, pa- the caterpillar has to fall apart completely, decomposed down to its very essence, devoid of any ch- shape or consciousness. It literally dies. There is nothing left to it. And from this liquid f- essence, the butterfly starts to put itself together from scratch. I leave you with this reading of an excerpt from an article which was published in the Psychology Today entitled, The Butterfly, The Cocoon, and the Seed of Transformation by Michael J. Formica. These are quotes from this article. I hope that you enjoy this article for it was a blessing to me and I share it with you as we all go through this period of transformation. It says, the real challenge is that, rather than caterpillars, we all wish to be butterflies. So we wanna just skip the whole process of being a caterpillar and just be butterflies, straight up. We desire to be and expect and, and be experienced as, Perfectly beautiful, all things to all people. We begin, however, as caterpillars and must somehow puzzle out how to get from caterpillars to the butterfly. That path is ejectically object- clear, but none of us is immediately willing to go into the cocoon. None of us wishes to enter into the dark places of death and transformation in order that we may die to ourselves and to our old patterns reborn as something new and even more beautiful. We would all prefer to jump the shark in the darkness, however, the symbolic death and dying to the old ways that is truly transformative and nothing else failing this. We are only posers, inauthentic representations of someone or something who has lied to themselves and rule and thus lied to all with whom they might have concourse. The butterfly here is an uh, illusion fostered out of our own fear, a fear of ourselves. Without facing our personal truth, finding our voice and reconciling ourselves to who we are and who it may be that we wish to be, we are lost to ourselves, to the world at large. And mostly importantly, we are lost to those who love, who would love us for who we are, imperfect as we are. Enter into the cocoon means a willingness to enter into the dark. It means eschewing the distraction of our daily life, overwork, overplay, drinks with the girls, Sunday football and looking inside, turning to the face of ourselves rather than so consistently running away. There really is nothing to fear here. The truth, any truth never hurts anyone. In fact, it is our purest path of escaping the tyranny that we impose upon ourselves and discovering our true freedom, mind, body, soul, and spirit. It is then that we may reveal our true selves to ourselves and to those who surround us, living that fuller, richer, and more evolved life. It is then that we truly Get to show up and show out. Let us embrace the change that happens during this time of pandemic. Let us embrace this time of darkness and see a new, a new Jerusalem, a new. Path, a new way of living a new emerge of something great in our lives we're all in this together can you trust the process?